Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Hey, welcome to our second installment of our series on giftedness. Today, I want to talk to you about who are the gifted. Our text is taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Everybody is good at something and perhaps even better when they compare themselves with other people who may struggle at something that comes easy for them. Um, and when I thought about this, I wanted to share with you my own personal experience. So I remember being this little kid in primary school. I was just awful as sports at sports. I mean, I attempted and I had tried and I thought it was fun, uh, but I couldn't even climb up. I didn't even have the um, arm strength to climb up, you know, the ropes that they made you climb up. Then I was afraid of heights. Then I was afraid of being hit by a ball. And, you know, I was just awful. And then when the children, you know, during sports, they would pick a captain, the teacher would actually pick a captain and then give the captain of these teams the right to pick their team members. Nobody ever chose me. I was that horrible and I didn't care. I was always on the sideline talking to the teachers, entertaining the teachers, um, or even getting water or helping to pack up the balls or something like that. Nobody ever wanted me on the team. And then this followed straight through high school in playing in sports. Nobody wanted me on my, on their team. And I didn't even care because I wasn't gifted at, there was something that I wasn't gifted at, but I had this amazing emotional intelligence that made me a magnet that drew other kids my age to me. Older kids and even adults, they seemed like they were following my lead. And I soon found out that I was a gifted leader. And this started when I was a child. It started uh, amongst my siblings and then through uh, uh, primary school, elementary school, high school, university. I remember being in university and they used to call me the U.N., and the reason why they call me the UN for all, because all the kids from every nationality, Africa, Japan, Hong Kong, Hawaii, from all over the world, they used to hang out with me. And there were some nights I had my own, um, dorm. And there were some nights I had five, six, ten people sleeping in this one dorm room with me. Uh, and it's because of my level of emotional intelligence. And I think that was developed because the grown-ups around me uh, seemed like they paid attention to the thing that I did and the things that I say, said, and they encouraged me to pursue activities that would develop my, my leadership giftings. So I might have sucked at sports, but I excelled in things I was good at and even naturally inclined to like dance and ballet and um, uh, the other things that I would be involved in like photography and um, bowling of all things. And, um, you know, this is where, where I excelled. I excelled in arts and painting and drawing and things like that. But sports, 
I didn't even have hand-eye coordination. And when I was in university, of course, they encouraged us to be a part of sports. I wasn't good at anything. My hand, um, my eye-hand coordination absolutely sucked. Um, I couldn't even catch a ball properly. And so I decided, okay, I got to get involved in sports. So I found the, uh, the retirement home. The retirement home had badminton. And, you know, badminton is a fast game. But I was playing with 65-year-olds, 70, 75-year-olds. And the game was a lot slower, you know, because they were hitting slow. And I still missed a lot of the... Um, the ball, but at least I was playing sports and it was a lot slower. I never played that, uh, um, that game with anybody my age because I truly, truly sucked at it. But I found out an area that I was good in and I excelled in that area. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at biblical giftedness and we're going to look at the Bible's position of being gifted and so that you can also see that the whole uh, conversation of giftedness is not just an academic conversation. It's also a biblical conversation to, to, as well. So I studied um, from Genesis to Revelation, the whole, every scripture that I could find on giftedness. And in examining the word of God, I discovered that some people have more obvious gifts than others. So I'm going to start with the obvious gifts, and I think you're going to be uh, really in, entertained by this and encouraged and inspired by this. So some of the obvious things is physical attractiveness and beauty. So the Bible this, um, uh, describes Moses as being a beautiful child, David, Aster, Sarah, Rebecca. So this is one of the most obvious gifts, and that is physical beauty. And I'm thinking of Bella and Gigi Hadid. Or Hadid. Uh, they make 8.5 and almost 9 million respectively for their beauty. So there is something worth noting that if God mentioned how uh, Moses looked and Esther looked physically and gave them physical attractiveness, then I concluded that it had a lot to do with the position that they would hold in the unfolding of God's plan and the job or the assignment that they were called to do. So physical attractiveness is, is, is an obvious gift that God gives us. The second is intelligence. And this is more obvious. And you, when I think of intelligence, I think of Solomon and Paul. You could read about it in 1 Kings 3, 3 to 28. And I should give you the scriptures uh, about physical attractiveness and beauty. This is Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And then Esther 2, verse 1 to 17. And you could read about Sarah and Rebecca. And I didn't want to load you up with so much scripture. But in your own time, you can go back. And you can read what the scripture says. But in terms of intelligence, I mean, Solomon, let's just, we'll talk about Paul in a minute, but Solomon. And so the first thing that pops out into my mind when I hear the phrase of gifted children, I think of music and chess and the obvious things. But there are some biblical figures 
that had intelligence as well that 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 led to this great economic success and we know about Daniel we mentioned about Daniel um, and the three Hebrew boys in our first message but there's King Solomon he's credited with making a lot of wise decisions. He's credited as um, writing a plethora of proverbs, a plethora of songs. He was responsible for building the temple in Jerusalem, for enriching the kingdom of Israel, and taking it to these fabulous heights for making numerous political alliances. So this guy is really bright and, and, and scripture makes it completely clear that his intelligence was the result of a direct gift that God had given him. And you could read about his story in first Kings chapter three, verse three to 28 is, is just magnificent how he goes on this in, into this high place and he offers this offering to the Lord in, 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 and, um, it was in Gibeon and God visited him in a dream and talked to him about his father, how he was going to be favored and then fills his heart with, with, uh, geopolitical understanding with, with pro, um, protocol and then gave him wisdom and he was going to walk in the ways of his father. In other words, he was going to use his father's strategy and then, you know, he was going to be the wisest and he goes on and you see it displayed in the story that the scripture is told, but the Bible promised him that he would be the richest and the wisest and um, he was going to be given understanding and wisdom to judge. And then we see the story told that shows the wisdom that God had given him with the story of the two women, one of the women's child died, and then the other one lived and how he was able to use his wisdom to judge whose the living child belonged to. And so this is this level of intelligence. This is obvious. These are obvious uh, giftings in the Bible. And then there's the gifting of innovation and creativity. This is a huge gift. It was given to Noah. He was able to build this huge built boat. He was the first um, in his in his uh, community, the first in his generation. I mean, you know, you're talking about a trendsetter and someone who understood trans and mega trans. That was Noah, then Basileel, and, Aho, and Aholiab. And you could find stories about them. Noah, of course, in, in Genesis uh, chapter 6 and Exodus chapter 31, 2 to 8, you could read about Basileel and Aholiab, how God had, had given them and how God had pointed out to Moses. And he said, see, um, I have called by name Basileel, the son of Uri and her of the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. And so I was reading um, the, the, the history of human progress um, from the creation story up, up until now and the amazing innovative things that we've experienced and who did what. And I, I noted that um, they, they sort of look at innovation as something that's um, later in human history. And they didn't mention um, 
Bezalel and Aholiab. They didn't make mention of that, even though they make mention of the created creation story of Noah. Um, and then they wait to talk about metallurgy, or, um, and that's the ability to work in metals. And so long before metallurgy um, be actually became a discipline, long before that, God had anointed Bezalel and Aholiab and giving them, giving them gifts um, of innovation, creativity, specifically in the area of construction, engineering, also in the area of tactile and manufacturing and then metallurgy. They were able to take stones, they were able to take metal, and they were able to craft it. And, and, and um, so that means that they had to have uh, smoldering plants because you can't shape and mold and beat um, metal into um, implements if you don't have a smoldering. So they, they were used not only to design and manufacture and uh, introduce tactile arts um, to the nation of Israel, they were also into smoldering and, and mining because you know the goal had to be mine and all of that. So they were actually in the mining business. And I think that, you know, because we sort of skim through the Bible, we miss these amazing pearls of revelation. You know, you just see someone working in metal and then we just assume that the metal was there and they didn't, you know, uh, they didn't have to have the skill to do it, but they did have to have the skill to do it and the gifts to do it. And God gave them the gift. Then there's emotional intelligence, which is a gift. It's an actual gift, and you can measure emotional intelligence. And this is way before our generation where we started talking about emotional intelligence. All the way in the Bible, you have Abigail. So you have um, her husband who is uh, choleric, contentious, contentious. He's, he's mean, he's charlish, the Bible calls him charlish. And he's just a mean man. And then you have this wife in direct contrast. And David was actually going to kill him. But here's Abigail displaying diplomacy and displaying emotional intelligence. And that was her gift. And her destiny was changed as a result of that. Then parenting. I believe parenting is a gift. And the first person that comes to my mind is Jacobad. Uh, she raises these three child prodigies. One was Miriam. And Miriam was a dancer, a choreographer, a musician, a prophetess, and an orator. Her second son was Aaron. He was a leader, a minister, and a politician. And her third son was Moses. He was a leader, a geopolitical genius. He was a negotiator, a lawyer, a chief judge, a judge, an emancipator, a mentor, a millionaire, a social engineer, a community development. He was involved in gentrification. So he was this gentrification expert. And he was also an architect. So she raises these prodigies. And so parenting is a gift. I'm telling you. And then there's the academic and the scholarly that is recognized in the Bible. That's where you get Paul. That's where you get Daniel. And we talked about Daniel chapter one, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were academics. They were just scholarly. So God gave them the, the gift of academics and the gift of scholarship. And then there is the gift of charisma. 
And this is where you get Elijah and John the Baptist. You can read about John the Baptist, Luke chapter one, verse 63 to 80 and Luke uh, chapter three, verses two to 18. He was just fiery. He was that fiery preacher. He was, he was charismatic and he was a charismatic uh, preacher and um, just very powerful. But that was his gift and God used him, you know, to just shift uh, to shift humanity. And then there is the gift for wealth creation. And I could go through the Bible. I, I can tell you, Abraham, Solomon, Jacob, David, Jesus. I could go down the line. Um, uh, Ruth, uh, these are all wealth creators and they're listed in the Bible, but that's a gift. There are some people couldn't work, 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 and have no money at the end of the year, have no money at the end of their lives. And there are other people who may earn less. And at the end of their lives, they're multimillionaires because they're wealth creators. They're not spenders and, and, and they're not um, uh, consumers. So this is a gift, a wealth creation gift. And it's given by God. God said, I'm going to give you the power to get wealth the power to create wealth and wealth creation. And let me, let me just release that gift over your life and over us. I decree a wealth creating gift is coming upon you right now. Then there is those that are gifted with musical gifts. There's David, Asaph, Solomon. You can read about this in first Chronicles 16, one to seven. Um, 35 to 38, Psalm 81. These people have amazing musical talents that are listed in the Bible. Uh, way before we had these talents, these individuals were excessively uber talented. And this is an obvious gift. So either you could play or you can play. And we read about Asaph. He was a musician. He was the contemporary of David. And, you know, you could take a, a few months just to study the life of Asaph and, um, and read about all of the music that he construct, con conducted. He was also an orchestra conductor. And this is Asaph. Then there's emotional intelligence again that I talked about. That's Jesus, Barnabas, Jonathan, Abigail. I talked about having uh, emotional intelligence as a gift. But we see these individuals, you have to be able to throw in Jesus, Barnab Barnabas, and, and Jonah. Jonah had, um, Jonathan, Jonathan had extreme um, emotional intelligence. And then there's the athletic talent. And there's a funny joke that I heard uh, the other day. Who was the first, first athlete mentioned in the Bible? Who was the first athlete mentioned in the Bible? And the funny part about it was Adam because he was the first in the human race. So that was the first. It was an, only a joke. But when we talk about athletic, Elijah, if there was an Olympics in that day, he would have came out winning the gold medal because he outran a chariot. So you have these athletic, talented, gifted people. Also, David, David threw a slingshot. I think, you know, back in the day, if the Olympics was there, you would have had slingshot throwing. And then, of course, it had to, had to be Saul. Saul was good at throwing a javelin. So these are athletic gifts that are recognized. Way before there was Usain Bolt, there was Elijah outrunning the chariot. 
Then here's another level of giftings, and this is people that are multi-gifted. We talked about Moses that was multi-gifted, multi-talented, Aaron, multi-gifted, multi-talented, Miriam, multi-gifted, multi-talented, and then, of course, David, Gideon, Jacob. Gideon had talent that he did not even know. He was an innovator. He was threshing wheat um, in a wine press. And he had found a, another way of using the wine press. And he didn't really know that he was gifted in that area. And then he was also a, um, a judge. So he was gifted technologically. And he was also gifted in, in, in government. So he had this gift of government um, and uh, both left brain, but a gift of gov governance. But because of the environment that he was in, there was this lid that was uh, placed upon him and people were busy going about trying to just survive. His parents, his colleagues, his friends, everybody in his neighborhood was surviving and there was no one to point out to him, hey, look, you're a gifted innovator. Look what you've done. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online, hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. the gift of craftsmanship. Again, these are people who have the ability to build stuff, uh, to build cabinets or to pour concrete. And I was watching a couple of days ago um, how gifted people are. And in I think it was in uh, Indonesia how they had this man that was gifted 
at pouring concrete and doing the most amazing designs and uh, how they had this rhythm that was going on and he could do it with speed and without a blueprint. And that's craftsmanship. I visited in Nigeria uh, the craftsmanship of one pastor who had a vision to build the largest church in the world. And he, he didn't use an architect and the architects told him that this particular building would not be able to stand up because there was no internal being, in, internal beings. And he said, the Lord showed him that no matter where you wear, and it's a round facility, no matter where you wear, you would be able to see the preacher when he preached. And it houses thousands and thousands, I think 50,000 people. It's huge, it's massive. And I visited this place and there are no beams. Now where I am right now, they've got beams in, in a small building uh, that, that we're, we're, we're speaking to you from. But can you imagine a building housing 50,000 people with no supporting beams? It's a marvel. You're talking about the Taj Mahal being a marvel. This is a marvel. I marveled at that. But that was craftsmanship. And that was a gift that God had given this particular pastor. And so, you know, you see people who have craftsmanship, like they quilt, they create banners and things like that. And this is, this is using their hands. And, and, and God said that he's going to bless the works of your hands and he's going to bless also um, our minds. And so I'm, I'm decreeing that God is going to bless your hands and bless your head as well. And then there's the other obvious things that are talked about in the Bible. There's scholarship and teaching. So Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of course, they had the gift of scholarship. But look at Paul and James. These are authors. They had the gift of teaching. James was an incredible teacher. Paul was an incredible communicator. They just had the ability to really teach. And uh, this is the obvious gifts that are there. So when, when you, you look at um, schools, you have these gifted teachers there and, and they make their students excited to learn. And that is because they're gifted as a teacher. They, they're, they're not only educators who had their um, uh, career uh, really shaped by the discipline they chose in university, but these people are just definitely gifted, you know, in doing what um, few can do. And especially with the little baby ones. I remember um, helping a friend of mine out to teach their little boy. And after an hour, you know, of teaching, this is brown and this is blue and this is black. What color is that? Red. No, I didn't say red. This is brown. This is blue. This is black. All right, let's look at this. What color is this? Black. All right, what color is it? Black. And then put all the colors back up. What color is this? Black. No, that is red. And I have to take my hat off to teachers because it is a gift. And those of you that are homeschooling your children, you know that some of you are definitely not gifted. But I take my hats off. And I think that out of all um, careers. I think that educators should be the highest paid, the absolute highest paid of all careers because you're doing a good job. 
Then here's another obvious one found in Exodus 18, 1 to 26. And this is administrative ability. And this is Jethro, Jethro in speaking to his son-in-law, gave advice, helped him with administration. And these are the obvious things that the Bible gives us. But again, with that being obvious, um, it's, it's interesting because the scripture lets us know just from that text that God gave gifts to all men. So that means everyone is gifted, even though it may not be obvious. So in, 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 in expressing spi- uh, scriptural position, Paul, along with many of the other biblical writers, um, including Jesus with his parable, he says that everyone is gifted, all gifts are important, and not everyone has the same gifts. So that's very important for each one of us to understand. All of us are gifted and uh, all gifts are important in the big scheme of things and not everyone has the same gifts. And so discovering your gifts is a journey. So, you know, it, it, it takes a little bit of time for some people. And we see how people are in one field and they're educated and they get this degree and they're educated as an architect, and then they go into that field, and they are just bored out of their skulls. So when people get into the wrong field, I always say you can always switch. You're not there. And I see where there was a switching in the Bible as well, because people were gifted here, but God wanted to use their gift or expose another gift. So in Amos, Amos chapter 7, verse 1 to 17, Amos starts out, in the field of a herdsman and a vine dresser. And then he ends up as a prophet. He has the gift of gab. King Saul, he started out running his father's business as a manager, but he ended up as a diplomat and a king. Gifts, 1 Samuel 9, 1 to 5, and 1 Samuel 10, 14 to 26. Then there's Jephthah, the famous Jephthah. He started out as a gang leader, but he ended up as a judge. So he goes from gang leading to judge. This is Judges 11, 1 to 11. Jephthah, really, he got his life off. His life got, got, got off to a rocky start. He's the illegitimate, illegitimate son of a prostitute. He was driven out of town by his half-brothers. He was angry. He was mad. He had, he had this amazing gift of influence, or he was had this charismatic personality, And um, then he joins this um, gang and he becomes a gang leader. And you might think, okay, this guy is is never going to make anything of himself. And then he's going to end up dying in the gang. But there was nobody in his city that was more influential. And so the uh, tribes came together. The elders came together. They were looking for a gifted one to lead them. And he had the right gifts. He had the right temperament. He had the right fight in him because they needed someone to fight. And eventually he ends up being a judge. So this is um, amazing, you know, for anyone that's out there, any child that's out there 
just keep praying for you, for, for your child. And those of you that might be listening to you, the, the whole idea of gifted, and you might have end up on the wrong track. God is going to put you on the right track and people are going to acknowledge who you are. A lot of people end up doing things that are beneath them because of frustration, because of rejection. And especially if you grow up in a home where your mother is always saying you're going to be just like your dad, only because she hasn't dealt with her issues, then you end up like your father, but that's not really you. I decree and declare a turnaround and you're going to have a Jephthah experience and your gift is going to make room for you and you're going to serve before great, before great man. There are other people that started off one way to discover their gifts. So you have Dr. Luke. He ended up in a bivocational. So he still remained as a doctor, but he also became an author. And then, of, of, of course, we know he became one of the apostles, but he never gave up his um, practice. So he was bivocational, uh, trivocational. And then you have David. David started off as, as a shepherd, then a musician, then a songwriter. Then he ended up as a king. And then he runs government, the government of his nation. So he starts out, nobody recognizes his gift of leadership. Um, and neither did he realize that he had the gift of music. All he knew was nobody liked him. He hung out by himself. I guess he was bored. He started playing music. After playing music, he started writing music. And then, you know, they had this problem and his gift, his gift of warfare rises up. He brings the solution to, um, he brings a solution to this um, terrorist attack that was over his nation and the rest is history. Uh, Paul started out as a scholar. He ended up as an author, an apologist, and an itinerant preacher. Um, but he starts out, obviously, as a scholar, sitting at Gamal's feet. Gamal was a famous rabbi, and um, he's, uh, you know, he really influenced and mentored him. So when God called him, he had all of the preparation, he had the mindset and everything. And so when we talk about gifts, who are the gifted, we're settling that all of us are gifted. We're settling also that gifts vary. First Peter 4, 10 to 11 says, as every man had received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God had given him, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. So we're all, all gifted. And what God wants is to make us good stewards of, our, of this gift. So if it is a gift, it still belongs to God, but he wants you to refine it, to hone it, and then bring that to bear in solving world's problems and pushing humanity forward. Second Corinthians uh, 3, 5 to 6, it says, Now, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our, our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the latter. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And so that means that each one of us are purpose built for our gift. And I'm going to say it again. There are obvious gifts, but scripture says all of us are gifted. So that means that every last one of us are purpose built for our gift. 
I don't play sports because I'm not called to run up and down a court. So my body is built for agility. Yes, my stature, my height and everything about me, but my my personality is built not only to communicate, but for cross um, cultural competence. So everything about me will appeal to people that may not be look like me, but it's to appeal to everyone. So everything about me is purpose, purpose built for the best display of my gifts, the absolute best display of my gift. So the Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 14 to 18, and if you would go there with me, please, you are purpose built, everything about you, your eyes, your, your, the size of your head, your ears, your body, your legs, the structure of your body, everything is purpose built. Everything about me is built for this. Built to talk for long hours and I could teach 10, 12, 15 hours. A lot of people can't do what I do, but I'm built for stamina, my lungs, everything about me, the, my body structure, everything, my, my, my perspective in life, how I view life, my vantage point, everything is purpose built. I don't have to compete with anybody else that does things similar to me. There's no absolute no competition. There's no need to compete. There's room for every, everybody. And one of the things I say, even about the um, fruit of the spirit, uh, one of the things I've discovered as, as I studied the fruit of the spirit and why the fruit of the spirit is important is because I don't have to compete with anyone. So even if someone wants to take my place, quote unquote, I could take a step back and let them think, think that they're taking my place. Why? Because my place can never be taken. Because this is a spiritual thing. It has nothing to do with anything that's physical. It has nothing to do with me standing behind a pulpit. It has nothing to do with Facebook and Twitter and what I do there in those spaces. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Everything about you is purpose-built and it's operable in a realm called the spirit. It's all operable because you can see giftings. You could see the display of it through a person, through how that person is built. But when we talk about gifts, gifts are a-local. They're non-physical, but they find expression through our bodies, through our minds, even through our emotions, they find expression. And so you are purpose built to display your gift in the best of light. Everything about you. When you do think about Mike, um, Michael Phipps, Phelps, and how his body is structured. He's a gifted swimmer. But you look at his torso, the length of his torso compared to the length of his legs. His torso is disproportionately longer. And this is what gives him that drive in the water. He could slice through the water and is faster because his body is built for that. Venus and Serena, their body is built for that. Basketball players, dancers, singers, everybody's body is built specifically to carry their gift and to display it in the best of light. Psalm 139, 14 to 18, I was giving you time to get it. The Bible says to get or to find that particular scripture. 
David said, I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made that word made pala. It means to purpose build with a mark of distinction, uniqueness, worth, and dignity. I'm wonderfully made. I'm purpose built. And I have a mark of distinction. Everybody's got legs, not exactly like mine. Arms, not exactly. Eyes, not exactly like mine. Mouth, not exactly. Nose, not exactly. Thumbprint, not exactly. We all have it, but we've all been marked with a specific distinction. So he said, I've been wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. Extraordinary, surpassing expectation. That means you're purpose built and you are going to do some extraordinary things that is going to surpass even your expectations. Marvelous are thy works, mayesh. It means accomplishments. It can connotes uh, someone taking needlepoint and intricately weaving this needlepoint thread by thread to make something that's beautiful. And he said, marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. Listen to me. Your soul houses this treasure. It houses your gifts. And your soul knows the terrain. It knows the structure. It knows the wrinkles. It knows everything about your giftings, your personality, your talent. And your soul soul knows how to navigate the terrain of your destiny. God wired you to do that. Your soul knows what to do, when to do it, what opportunities to take when to stay, when to hold, when to fold. And there are so many people that walk away from the, the, the environment that God wants them in or uses that as a reason why they can't do something. And when you look at these amazing people, Mandela, he could have said, I can't do anything here. My gifts, nobody wants my gifts to be put on display. But watch his soul knew how to navigate an environment that seemed like it was anti-purpose. But he just, 27 years, Joseph, and I can go on, the children of Israel, 400 years. But what God was doing was molding their soul so that they could display their gifts and their gifts could really shine. Let your light so shine before man. And he said, my soul, my nefesh, knoweth right and well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, then eyes did see my substance, you being unperfect. And in the book, all my members were written. The Bible said, you are living epistles written of man, known and read of all man. Jesus said, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Your book is interesting. When we talk about that, we talk about how you were constructed, how you are a a, a masterpiece, how you are a a miracle in motion, how God took 23 chromosomes from your mother and divinely guided it until it collided with 23 chromosomes from your father. It constructed you. Uh, cell by cell, inch by inch, 
everything about you. That means that anytime you get ready to use the I factor, you can use it when you want because you're not half your father, half your mother. God took these two cells, merged them into, uh, into one cell, created you and, and, and created your chromosomes and your chromosomes begin to build together who you were by this invisible force called life. And it created, uh, it created this brand new genetic code and, and God used four nucleotides or characters and, and, and guided this by his unseen hand. He began to architect your genetic blueprint. He encrypted about 3 billion character description of who you were. And he did it in a language that only God understands. And he described you and this happened before the foundation of the world and these four nucleotides they began to write your personal unique DNA your your human genome and, and, and which created your genotype and your phenotype and then he downloaded your purpose and your destiny and your giftings and your uniqueness and the height of your your body and the color of your skill and then he he, he held it in a cell and that cell we call it a book and if that book had a name it would be called your genome and your genome is identified in Psalm 40 verse 7 when Jesus repeated it when he said I come in the volume of the book it is written of me it is not a physical book it is your human genome and there were three uh, about uh, uh, 23 chapters called chromosomes and each one of those chapters chapters have stories and each one of those stories have paragraphs and each one of those paragraphs have words and each one of those words are made up of letters and this is what your human genome is all about you are fearfully you are wonderfully made nothing about your life is happenstance you are coming in the volume of books and God not only took the human genome before you were formed in your mother's womb he downloaded gifts and these gifts is what God will give you grace to operate in Romans 12 3 and 8 says for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according to as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, for we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member, one of you, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith or ministry, let us wait on ministry or teaching on teaching or he that exhorted on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that soweth with mercy, with cheerfulness. God has loaded you with gift. And in modern times, we talk about someone that is gifted. Most of the time, we're talking about someone that is intellectual, someone that has musical talents, athletic ability, someone that has charisma, someone has physical beauty. But today, I want to encourage you to understand we are all gifted. And God birthed you, purpose built you in order for you to display your gift. And I 
decree and declare you will no longer put yourself down and think that God gifted everyone else because of the obvious. There are less than obvious gifts and you are going to stir up the gift. I decree and declare today you are getting a revelation that all of us have a gift. We are all gifted. Every single person is gifted, especially with some valuable skills, some valuable ability, even if it's your unique vantage point, you got to bring that out. You got to bring it from uh, 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 being in the realm of, of, of um, uh, uh, potential and you got to hone those skills. And what I want to encourage you to do, I want you to have a conversation with God. He's the one that purpose built you and he's the one that put these things on the inside of you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, saith the Lord. And God bless you. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, there are obvious gifts. And we can look around and see people with obvious gifts. And sometimes we look at ourselves and say, well, what am I gifted to do? I decree and declare right now that each person under the auspices of my voice is having a conversation with you. And they are learning more about what it means to be gifted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We want you right now to to go ahead and plant your seed and activate that seed. And um, those of you that are a part of this great, great teaching, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is going to do some great things in your life. And I speak blessings over you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible. 